All right, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Yeah, But Still. Yes. Uh, I mean, you probably know at this point, joining us, we have a, a wild card guest today. Yeah. One in, that I certainly... In the backyard. In, in the, the backyard. A man in who... In the flesh. A, a certainly... A, in the backyard is key, I think, because this is a man that I never thought would be in my home. Sure. Cato Kalen. Cato uh, Kalen. Some people might not know who he is. Some of our younger audience. Mm-hmm. This is a man... And quite honestly, he's, I know, I know who he is from culture, but both of us even, I don't know, you were definitely a a baby. Yeah, I was a little uh, baby. You were kind of, um, you were kind of, uh, yeah, you were like kind of in your twenties during the the OJ trial. I was also, I was a toddler. You were kind of, you were kind of working it out. You were kind of working it out in LA, (laughs) figuring things out. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) I was, I was, I was a baby too. I mean, I was an older baby, but, Mm -hmm. uh, Cato Kalen was, um, he was one of the main witnesses to the O.J. Simpson trial. Yes. In the O.J. Simpson trial, he was one of the main witnesses um, of the murder of Nicole Brown and Ron yeah. Goldman. This is probably one of the most, the most famous court case in history of the United yeah. States courts. Um, the trial lasted uh, over a year. Right. There was multiple trials. Very um, long public spectacle. Long public spectacle. Very, I mean... The, the cultural aftershock is huge. You I mean, still see it. Yeah. Some of the characters, the the players in this, we're talking. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Garcetti's, are the Los Angeles mayor currently. Eric Garcetti, his dad, yeah, was the district attorney at the time. Yep. Um, Robert Kardashian, a a young hotshot attorney, yeah, was representing O.J. Simpson, yep. friend of the family. Yeah, that yeah, Alan Dershowitz, pre Kendall. Alan Dershowitz, Alan also Dershowitz. on Team OJ. Yep, okay. Yep. I mean, just the spider web of people yeah. from this trial alone. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to go and list I all mean, of them. It started um, because of the trial. That's that's what led to Court TV, yep. which is no longer, is now True TV, uh, where you can watch, you know, Impractical Jokers. In a way, it led to Impractical everything. Jokers, yeah. In a way? In a what, way. With the kind, of the, that. kind of the most impractical joke of all. But Cato Kalin, mm-hmm. for those who yes. don't know, Cato Kalin was became a very, very famous cultural figure from this because he was living not only in Nicole Brown's guest house for a while, then he moved into O.J. Simpson's guest house, and he was the only one of the only people there the night of, um, and he was with O.J. that day. But on the trial, he had these long, flowing hair. He was a piping hot young bro. Like truly, like he was eating McDonald's, <laughs> like eating McDonald's, chilling, and then his world got fucking turned upside down, and um, and then yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I think he was like unfairly treated by the media, but I could certainly I, I I couldn't imagine being in his shoes, but I could certainly relate to just I don't know finding yourself in a, a completely unpredicted situation and kind of looking around, and being like, man, what the f- right. how the fuck did I get here? Like yeah. I didn't sign up for this. Yeah, I didn't necessarily sign up for this, you know. Yeah, uh, check, check, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but he, I mean, he's gu- the ultimate victim of guilty of chilling, right. guilty of hanging out. Yeah. Basics about the trial, I guess, for those of you who are new to this, Cato uh, Kalin, a key witness. He was living in the back house the night of the murder. Uh, he was with O.J. Simpson. They went to McDonald's that night. Mm-hmm. I believe O.J. Simpson reacted very strangely. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. About the McDonald's trip. Uh, when Cato invited himself. Um, OJ was planning to leave for a flight that night. Um, He eventually, most likely, left right before his flight 
and murdered his ex-wife and her friend Ron Goldman. Um, he was, of course, found not guilty at the trial, right. but he's pretty much just admitted it since then yeah. with a big wink. But um, I, I'd say the, the key parts were that Cato heard, heard this noise um, on his wall. They think it was OJ jumping over the fence, returning when he snuck away. Mm-hmm. Uh, he... There was a trail of blood that Cato didn't see. He thought there was like an intruder in the yard. I think Cato thought there was an intruder. And he was like searching around the yard. Like, what the hell was that noise? Didn't see anything. Um, they eventually found a glove there. Um, but it was a like a, a series of very fishy things. I don't even think he knew what to make of it. And as a result, was on the witness stand. Um, and they're asking him like tons and tons of questions. Right. And he was got painted as like this deer and in the headlights figure. Overnight became... Infamous. Very famous, absolutely inf- famous. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. And but uh, he's also a you know he's also an actor and a and a host as well. Yeah, he's a host. And he's a he yeah, was in nice, basketballs. Nice guy. Basketball singular. Oh, basket basketball basketball. Anyway, without further ado, uh, t- today on the podcast, a, a person that I never thought I would be introducing, um, let alone coming into my home, Cato Kalen. Welcome to Yeah, but still. Welcome. Uh, we got Cato Kalen. I love Cato. The man, the myth. I love Cato, and this is the world's largest microphone I've ever seen. <laughs> you guys really Cato Kalen in stew in yeah. the house. Welcome to the podcast. Um, okay. K-Train rolling K- through the station. Brent, you already hopped on the K-Train. You're not getting off. I'll see you in the dining cart. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> it is uh, so good to meet you guys, and uh, um, I've heard good things about your show. I'm a friend of Pat Carney's. He said, you got to do... Yeah, but still, I said yes, I will, and that's what he I put started. me on a group text uh, with you immediately after yes. he did our podcast. But yeah, I mean, I mean I've been excited to have you on, friend like, of a friend, friend, friend of, of a friend of the pod, two friends of a friend of the pod, uh, Tom Green as well. Oh, yeah, yeah. you know Tom celebrity Green, celebrity Tom, big brother, you formed the alliance. Bro- yes, as a matter of fact, Tom. Yeah, we're still, in, you know, uh, still in touch and still friends with Tom. He's on the road right now doing. Stuff he rent, he bought a van. He shoots his videos. Yeah, yeah. he does his thing. He should do the show. Oh uh, yeah, we've we've had him on. He's oh, great. Yeah, so, I had a yeah. company so, with the show. I've been uh, well, we've both been kind of diving in, doing a little research on you before, because I mean, I'd say that you're an, you're a you're famous for a very specific reason. Yeah. The trial. I mean, I've learned a lot just from the media. I think I personally think you were really misrepresented unfairly during that time. Um, but I'm more fascinated in just like how you even got to that place. So I was, I was doing my research, Brandon as well. And, um, I just think you have a really interesting story. Um, like you were just telling me before you came here for baseball, Yeah. but, um, me and Brandon, we both, there was a time where we both were kind of blindly heading to Los Angeles, just being like, man, like, you know, I hope, I'm, <laughs> I hope I'm making the right decision doing this. And then, you know, it kind of goes by quick. You take a lot of twists and turns and i imagine that 
you took one of the greatest twists and turns of all. Yeah, I did. I, I, <laughs> I can make fun of my. I think the thing is, you got to be self-deprecating. I'm very, you know, I go with a byline that's called, never has a man done so little to be recognized by so many. <laughs> and that's kind of what I live by. And uh, I, I do a little, like, comedy and hosting a lot. And I just say that I'm the guy that started the famous for nothing thing. Not the Kardashians, baby. <laughs> well, I'm the guy who's famous for doing absolutely nothing. <laughs> Don't take that away from me, Kim, Chloe. <laughs> and they used to come over to, I used to, I was in the guest house in Brentwood uh, in uh, OJ's guest house in back, OJ Simpson. I was yeah, part yeah. of that trial. And the Kardashians were, Robert was a, one of his best friends. So they, I knew Kim when she was this big and that was just her ass. Can you explain that for the podcast? I'm showing my hands and that's <laughs> he, it. Uh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's my big ass joke for the day. No, but it, it had come by. So I knew them way back in the uh, 1994. Um, yeah. So, but anyways, I was thrust, you know, I, I think I was telling Jack that I, uh, I write a lot, and I was writing this uh, one idea for a show called Wrong Place, Wrong Time, and it's basically what the whole oh. thrust is, and now I'm getting contacted by other networks and that about this show, and we'll see what happens with it, but I know it's 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 a home run because it's so true of how a person can be thrust into something by no fault of their own, but you become extremely famous, and because of the fame, um, people judge you for no for no reason they can hate you or like you but they make a a, a judgment so it's it's very difficult yeah. because i i'm from wisconsin i come from a very large family and uh the whole thing was i never really saw it kind of like the hate i was always around like fun and very midwest yeah. kind of the values of i'm from chicago know. i can relate so yeah i i know chicago very well so you go and i was when I started having people that wanted to fight me and spit me because I was on, I, I became famous, like I said, for nothing. I knew it, but yeah. you can't tell your story. You're a witness. And uh, I used to go to movie premieres all the time. I'd go to movie premieres. Yeah. And I, I was always, I was part of the culture. I went to an academy for acting for over 10 years. So I've been around a long time. But now people would see me on TV, they knew it was me, and they go, oh, he's just going to that premiere to, to be, uh, you know, getting on the red carpet. I wasn't asking. It was just people would put me on. They'd go, here, follow us and come right. on this red yeah, carpet. Yeah. So I just did my yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, I, I tell the story. Uh, uh, the week before the murders happened in the O.J. Simpson of uh, uh, Nicole was murdered and, and Ron Goldman, the week before all this happened, I was uh, getting readings, acting readings. And uh, I had a dear friend of mine. Uh, his name's Aaron Meyerson, and Aaron is, uh, was running um, New Line Cinema as one of the producers. And we used to play basketball together back in the 90s with tons of other people. So we're playing basketball and going out on the weekends and meet girls and do the thing, uh, just hanging out. And he gave me a script. His, he goes, you got to read this script. There's a part, you're perfect for this thing. So I'm thinking, this is just amazing. I'm going <laughs> to read this script. So I'm reading and reading it. And then they bring me in to read and I read. They brought me back in to read another. In, in films, you can read something. They go, oh, maybe he's right for something else. Yeah. So I'm reading for this part and they're taping. Um, they tape you and you sit down and you, and you do the, uh, <laughs> you know, the reading like you're trying to get the part. Then the murders happened and my whole life stopped. But that film was called Dumb and Dumber. And, oh uh, my oh, god! Wow. Yeah, it's Dumb and Dumber. So I was what reading was all the parts. Part well, for? well, I was reading everything, but I was reading the Jeff Daniels cut the yeah. hair roll. The uh, well, that's, oh my god! That's so, what I was just talking to Brandon before this because I had long know, hair. Like for our younger audience, I mean, we have like a range <laughs> of people who listen, but like there's some people that might be meeting you for the first time right now. And I do think that like there's this there's a, there's there's some, a stereotype there's where it's like Z oh folks. he's the guy that's famous from the trials. But yeah. I was telling Brandon before I'm like I do I think that like 
if the murders didn't happen, I think that like you probably would have been famous otherwise. Yeah, I hadn't, you know, just I, from it, your career. Um, I, I, I believe that too. But even if you say that, you sound it's, it sounds like me saying it's like oh, arrogant, he's cocky. Well, no, I but think I know I was going to. Cl- yeah. I was doing the. I was doing everything. I was. Yeah, some, you had some stuff in the works. Everything was happening. It was popping, right. and then it just stopped because I. The media portrayed me as this uh, caricature of myself as the dummy, and well, yeah, and I mean, it was like the stoner, like yeah. beach bro. Um, well, I mean, that's you, had, like, you did have the long hair. And, and I mean, you were catapulted cool. to a level of like the overnight fame is crazy, and like the the media will, you know, at at every opportunity flatten somebody as much as possible well, and try is, to turn you into a caricature. Of this is the thing. If you listen, if you watch media from whenever it started what they do and it's so obvious is they build you up and it's uh they made they got like made me really popular really popular like oh it's kato it's a party ah, da, da, da. and then they they get you to that point kind of the pedestal and the pedestal get pulled and then they just want to beat you up because that's their you know that's the narrative they want right. to get the the viewership or whatever it is but they they brought me up and then they tore me down well, and I, you know, and was I was it? fine. I it was just kind of like, I, there's nothing you can do or say because the more you try to defend it, it's kind of like that snowball. It gets bigger and bigger. Yeah. So you're better just to, to shut up and just roll with the punches. I feel like you were portrayed as somebody who's like, he didn't have his facts straight. Like, who is this airhead? Doesn't really know what's going on. But then, like, when I reexamined the story, the, people were also confused. Like, well, why was he living with them? <laughs> like. When I when I reexamined the story, you really weren't living there for that long before all this happened. And when I heard it as somebody who's been come to L.A. and just try to figure it out, I related 100 percent. And I didn't find it weird at all in the sense of like, I've made all sorts of decisions here where I like meet people and like I'm hanging out with people. And I'm like, oh, you have a place to live? Like, OK, like, let's go. And then, you know, I, I just couldn't imagine being in your shoes. Like, how did you even come to live in with Nicole in the first place? Well, so I had a casting business with an actor named Grant Kramer. He was on General Hospital. And, uh, he w- was a, a, a stud. He's just a handsome guy and great actor. And uh, Grant and I were buddies. So Grant and I started an extras casting company, and then we do day roles for SAG. And we kept yeah. our insurance. We cast ourselves also. <laughs> or get to read for sort of the um, uh, B-level film. The type of films that, were, um, that we did were a lot of um, films – that were Harry Hamlin, and, and, and I think Harry's great, but there were so many films that Lorenzo Lamas, but they're huge budget films, and they would always need sometimes 200 people for extras. Yeah. And so we, we had a wrangling business. We did really well. So we decided to take Grant and myself to go to Aspen because uh, for Christmas because all the actors and all celebrities would go there. Mm-hmm. So we, we did that, and Grant used to do ski, uh, um, celebrity skiing. Okay. Not me. So we went there, and Nicole was there, and she was divorced at the time. And at that time, Grant and I, uh, and she was with her gang of friends. So Grant and uh, Nicole kind of hit it off because they knew each other from celebrity tournaments when she used to go with OJ. And uh, at that on our Aspen trip, I was the third wheel, but I was the guy making everybody laugh and, yeah, and yeah. did that. And uh, so Grant, when the trip was over, they started to hang out more, and I would go be with them also and nicole had a few parties at the gretna greenhouse and then i noticed that she had her own separate guest house from the house and i was living in hermosa beach and working in la and that if people know the drives are insane with traffic yeah i said who lives there i'd love to rent it and she goes nobody i'd love you to have this met her kids at the time were so young sydney and justin 
they love me. They got a dog. They named it Cato out of affection. And um, so I, I Wait, was so living there. Calling, so now, there was a dog named Cato living in the house, too? So yeah, like, it was very confusing. So you guys, if somebody yelled Cato, you and the dog would yes, run up? Yes, And it was usually, usually me drinking out of the toilet bowl. Anyways, <laughs> it was Cato, not you, please. <laughs> no more. Uh, so Nicole... Uh, was going to move out of her house and I lived at that house for six and a half months and um, like I said I was working these late hours on sets so I didn't see her a lot and she's always was picking up her kids for school or jogging and like I said at a separate house but her friends were Chris Kardashian uh, the, uh, very very the elite of Brentwood very yeah. wealthy area mm-hmm. so OJ and them, her, Gretton, they ended the relationship, and then OJ and her started dating again. So I met OJ through that time. 